Hey everyone, welcome back to the Impact Michigan podcast with your host, Leanne Abad. In today's episode, we chat with commercial real estate exec and songwriter author combo Andy Gutman. Andy may be the president of the Farben Group during his 9 to 5, but for his 5 to 9, he's chosen a pretty unique side hustle as a songwriter and children's book author. We chat about how he finds his left and right brain balance, how his kids fuel his creative fire, and what parents can learn from deploying creativity in their parenting strategy. But before we get to the episode, a quick shout out to both WeWork and Intermittent for their support. Thank you to WeWork for providing the studio to record this podcast right here in downtown Detroit. Head to we dot co slash podcast to learn more about WeWork. Intermittent is a grassroots volunteer-operated organization that was founded in 2016. Our mission is to unite the Midwest tech community, thoughtfully nurture its development, and highlight it as a hub of and destination for entrepreneurial talent and innovation. All right, with that, let's get into the episode. Welcome, Andy. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me here today. Yeah, for sure. So, Andy, I always like to start off every episode and every interview of mine uh, just by allowing my guest to take the reins and uh, essentially map out uh, your story. So, so for the listeners, who is Andy Gutman? Wow, that is a that is a deep, deep question. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how deep I can go with that, but uh, you know, essentially, I, I like to think of myself. And what I call myself these days is uh, I'm a uh, businessman, I'm an author, I'm a songwriter, and I'm a dreamer. And those are the, the things that I, I really believe are part of who I am. Uh, by day, I, I work at a, the greatest commercial real estate company in the world, uh, the Farbman Group, where I'm very fortunate to have been for 24 years. And uh, at night and uh, early into the morning, I work on my creative side outside of business because in business it's all about creativity as well. Um, but that's uh, at night I do my work, I do my songs, um, I work on my books, and uh, I get about uh, three to four hours of sleep a night uh, when it's a good night. Oh man! I, so I love the four pillars there. So businessman, author, songwriter and a dreamer. So if you had to put those in an order, if you had to arrange them, would you be able to, or would you think it's, it's all pretty equal? I, I think it all depends on the time of day yeah, and the, uh, and really it varies. Some days I am purely a businessman because it requires me to be a businessman. Um, other times, uh, you know, I, I like to put on my, my uh, songwriter hat. And uh, so I would say, you know, primarily all of my life, I've, I've been a businessman, but that creative side, that, that dreamer has always been a part of who I am. Yeah. What were you like as a kid? Were you more so um, uh, the creative sort of kid who's very artistic or were you, did you gravitate towards math or even maybe a mix of the two? Uh, you know, math was something I always loved and I loved the business end of things that, you know, accounting was something I started off in. Uh, so I really enjoyed that side of things. But uh, when I was a kid, I was an incredible introvert. Hmm. I was very shy. And so um, I would spend a lot of time, you know, at home um, reading, 
trying to write poems and songs. I learned very young. I have a father who was an English teacher, mm. and so he taught me this love of English and of writing. So uh, if I wasn't out with the kids in the neighborhood playing basketball or baseball or something, uh, I was home just enjoying quiet time and, and embracing the creativity. Yeah, what, what were your go-to activities when you were just at home by yourself? Uh, I was, you know, I was always either reading or uh, listening to music. I, I love every genre of music for the most part. I say that, and then every once in a while I find something where I go, well, heavy metal's not really my yeah. thing. <laughs> um, but I, that's what I'd be listening to music. I'd be reading a lot, and I'd write mm -hmm. uh, just creatively. Um, and that's, that's where I'd spend my time as a kid. Yeah. What were your favorite, like, let's say, three books as a kid? Oh, wow. Fiction, nonfiction, whichever. Yeah, that's, that takes me back a lot of years. <laughs> I got to have a good memory. Um, I loved, you know, when I was really young, I loved everything by Dr. Seuss. Hmm. I couldn't even imagine the creative mind that came up with what he came up with. And uh, to me, he was, he was, it was legendary. Um, there was a book when I was young called Bridge to Terabithia, which oh, yeah. isn't that an amazing book? I haven't read the book, oh, okay. but I've watched the movie. The movie is incredible. <laughs> the movie is really good, too. Yeah. It was one of the first ones that made me cry. <laughs> exactly. It was, you yeah. know, and, and it's things like that um, where it makes you feel some kind of emotion. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I loved in the books. When I was, when I was a kid, that's, that's where my love was. If it made you feel something, if it moved you, like that yeah. was everything to me. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my favorite Dr. Seuss books is Oh, The Places You'll Go. That's a great And one. I didn't actually really get into it until, um, oddly enough, my senior year of high school, you know, when I was transitioning off to college, I started, it, it, it kind of like came back up in yeah. my sort of like cycle of education. And I was like, you know, this is still relevant. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> this is very relevant, you know, um, especially, you know, we think of the education system as, you know, K through 12, you're pretty, you know the same people pretty much your entire life. And then when you go off to college, you know, if you're fortunate enough to be able to go somewhere where you're just exposed to a variety of things you had no prior knowledge of, like for example, you know, going off to a bigger school, you're meeting people from, you know, uh, international students or, or from like uh, states and cities like New York or California, et cetera you get to sort of uh, expand and, and quote unquote broaden your horizons to, to bring a, a pithy cliche. But um, for, for you, what was maybe a, a pivotal moment in your childhood that you think um, pushed you or maybe uh, uh, led you to the direction you're, you're going through now? Well, so a few things pushed me uh, into business. Uh, you know, my father who was an educator uh, would always tell me, you're not going into education, you're going to do, you go into business so you can earn a good living no matter what you do. <laughs> and uh, he pushed me to accounting, which I actually loved. So it wasn't a hard push, mm. but uh, it took me down that business path that without that push, I may not have gone down. Uh, but he would always tell me, you know, there's no money in education. And I, I still to this day, my, I'm, I'm the only one really in my family who's not in education. And I think that's one of the most noble professions and uh, we don't give it enough credit. So it, that was part of the push for me. But also as a, as a kid, one of the biggest influences on my creative side was uh, I, I learned about this great artist named Prince hmm. when I was growing up. And he played 30 musical instruments and produced all of his own albums and really was capable of uh, eliciting emotions of every kind. And that became, you know, I, I learned to love music 
through his music. That was my first love of music was listening to Prince songs as a kid. Wow. So who's, you know, speaking about Prince and, you know, as an example of someone that you found inspiration from early on. Um, f- so for your crea- that's for your creative side. Let's say who's an inspiration that you look to and maybe the business aspect. I, I think there's so many people who've, who've formulated who I am in business um, from a from a local level. You know, I, I started working at Farbman because I met this icon named Bert Farbman, and he interviewed. If you wanted to work for his company, you had to interview with him, which I wow. thought was so impressive yeah. and terrifying at the time <laughs> because he's this legendary guy, um, and he's really helped. You know, um, he's been a mentor to me over the years. Had a love for the city of Detroit before it was popular to love the city of Detroit. And, uh, and if you wanted to work for him, you had to have that same love of it and commitment to it. So he was one of my greatest influences and still is in business. Um, and at working with his two sons, David and Andy, both just amazing influences to me. But there's a lot of people that I look to as role models. Uh, I love reading the books of Patrick Lencioni, mm. who writes you know, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team and, and other really good inspirational books. Um, I look to Warren Buffett, who's got you know this common sense investment strategy. Uh, but I think anyone who's in business that's successful, I look to and say, what can I learn from them? And I really try to embrace that in every meeting and everything I do. Yeah, certainly. And so moving towards um, your uh, book career now, when was the first book? Was it 2016 or 2017? 2017. 2017, okay. Yeah. And that was Charlie the Caterpillar, am I it right? It was, okay. I got it. So what was the inspiration? I mean, I, I kind of know since I, I read it and kind of looked <laughs> into it, but, but uh, for the listeners, what was the inspiration behind what, um, what kind of helped you uh, start to, to write and, and finally decide I'm going to publish this book? Yeah, so the book, it actually started with uh, my daughter in a conversation we were having uh, about she was studying caterpillars and butterflies in school and she had this really cute idea of what goes on inside the cocoon which I always tell people what goes on inside there's actually pretty horrific looking from the inside but um, she imagined the the caterpillar trying on different wings and it was like a fashion show for her mm-hmm. and uh, you know I said oh that's really a cool concept we should make a song out of that yeah and uh, like you know most girls or teenagers do that she was you know, like, oh, Dad, you're so embarrassing. Don't do not do that. And so I did. Um, and she actually liked the song. And I said, you know, we should really, it'd be cool to make it into a book. But the song in the book really became more than just a fashion show. To me, mm. it was, I wanted her and other kids to feel this, this sense of pride in who they are and let them know that it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter uh, anything on the outside. It's what's on the inside that makes you special and that everyone has special qualities that make them unique. And so it became that lesson. And so, uh, you know, we had the song produced, uh, and then I started working on the, um, the book end of it and really loved the message that went out to the kids. And so uh, I began looking for publishers, found one that I really loved that let me maintain control hmm. of my artistic vision and the future of my, my creativeness, and, uh, and the rest is history. Entry Point advances the entrepreneurial community by promoting inclusion, community engagement, and education. The organization works with entrepreneurial support organizations and startups at all stages of growth to foster an inclusive organizational culture, expand their networks, and conduct research for education, 
outreach and advocacy purposes. EntryPoint was founded in 2018 by Emily Heinz, a leader in Michigan's entrepreneurial and investment community who is part of Crane's 40 Under 40 Class of 2016 and also recognized in Forbes, Axios, and VentureBeat. Learn more about EntryPoint at EntryPointMI for Michigan.com. That's EntryPointMI.com. All right, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, so I'm actually really curious. Can you walk us through the publishing process? Like when, so you had the idea, did you have to come up with a manuscript right away or did you look for publishers first or or how did that happen? You know, for me, I wanted to have a work product before I went anywhere with it. Everyone's got a different path with that. Some people go to publishers with a concept and that's all they have. Maybe they fleshed out a few ideas. I wanted this to be my artistic vision. Mm. Um, and even if I was ending up putting it out at Kinko's, um, uh, you know, I wanted to maintain that control. So uh, it started with the song. Uh, I then took that song and chopped it into pages mm. and worked with, um, I interviewed through, you know, everything was done uh, mostly online. So I worked uh, through freelancer.com mm. and interviewed over 80 different um, artists to do the, you know, the actual graphics to it. Yeah. From start to finish, the first book took me, once I, I had the song done, uh, it took me about six months wow. to get it all set and ready to go. Yeah. But everyone's different on that. And I always tell people, go down the path that works best for you and what you want to accomplish. Uh, there's so many ways to do things. And nowadays, there's no excuse for not following your dream because everything is at your fingertips on the yeah. internet. Yeah. So, so walk us through, why a second book? Yeah, Uh, that's always a good question. (laughs) I didn't go through enough craziness with the first one. I think Uh, I still had a lot of different ideas that that I wanted to put out there. And all of my books, you'll see a common theme, even though they're somewhat different. Um, They're either written with my daughter and a concept that we work on together about my daughter or for my daughter. Mm. And so the second book, Pop Lullaby, uh, was a song I had written for her uh, before the, the first book was even published. And it was really made up of when my daughter was young, she was so tough to get to go to sleep. And, Mm. you know, she was a fussy baby. And so I would sing to her and I'd make up lyrics and, you know, walk around the room with her. And I always tell people because my singing voice is so bad, I think she faked sleeping half the time just so I'd stop singing to her. Um, Which is also effective. Yeah, it works. Whatever gets her to sleep, (laughs) I'm okay with that. but this uh, this was a combination of different songs I had sung to her as a baby, and I, I wanted to create this book so that maybe one day she'll have kids and she'll sing this this song to them, and maybe they'll have kids, and this this can be in the family forever. And more than that, maybe it's for parents who are also having trouble getting their kids to go to sleep, and so that's that's where that one came from. It was, um, it was a you know it was a, a note to my daughter just reminding her of some of the things I did out of love for her. Yeah, and so on that note, what's maybe one piece of advice um, you would have uh, for for parents, old and new, uh, that maybe are, are trying to uh, maybe be more creative with how they're parenting, or, or even um, help spur some creativity in their kids? Yeah, so I, I'd start with you know advice for parents in general is that none of us really know what we're doing as parents <laughs> we're all we all start off by faking it and then talking to a lot of people who go oh yeah i went through that 
Um, but I think with your kids, it's so important to start with some level of creativity young, you know, whether it's coloring in a book, um, whether it's creating your own artwork and giving them a chance to free flow with that, working with them on creating songs. Um, you know, my daughter and I tend to paint every once in a while, uh, and I'm a terrible painter. She's very good at it, but but it's an outlet for us where we, we share in that creativity. And I think it's things like that little traditions, little things that you do together that, that make all the difference. And if you spur that creativity early on and, and let them understand creativity is an important part of life. Hmm. Really, most jobs that you have, you need to bring some creativity into them. And I say that, and at the same time, I tell our accountants at work, you cannot use creativity in accounting. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the, the IRS does not like that. <laughs> um, but for parents, I think it's anything you can do that spurs imagination, hmm. that helps them. You know, most kids have a favorite stuffed animal that they they start off with, that they love and they sleep with, and and sometimes with the parents, it's helping them create stories around their new best friend, that stuffed animal, or when they might have a pretend friend that they talk to. Uh, it's it's encouraging that and not you know not never discouraging creativity free thinking free flow new ideas all of that's important and embracing that with your kids is so important yeah definitely so what's maybe something that you've learned in this entire process from maybe the beginning of the book uh, or the beginning of the process of writing the book throughout the years of now you're on your third book um, or even fourth really um, What's something that, a lesson that you've taken away from the entire process? What's like maybe something you've learned about yourself, your kids, your parenting style, et cetera? Yeah, I think I've learned a lot about myself and my parenting style. Uh, most of what I've learned is I've always got so much to learn. Mm. Um, and I think that's true for everybody. We're all, people don't do things because they're afraid of what they don't know. Mm. And I, on my first book, and even to the last one that I've done right now, I tripped so many times over everything that I was trying to accomplish. And someone will come to me and go, hey, that was a, that was a great idea for your book. Why didn't you do this? And yeah. I'll go, oh, yeah, that's another that's good idea. idea for the yeah. next one. So uh, you can always do something better or different. Um, the, other th the one thing I, I think that's held up through all the books is being true to my own art. Hmm. Um, and I would encourage people to do that because everyone will tell you when you write a book, you've got to do it in this format, and they'll give you the format. Mm -hmm. And publishers that I talked to all said, you know, you're taking a song and chopping it up into a book. You shouldn't do that. No one does that. And I'm like, well, I, I do now. <laughs> and, and guess what? That's the new tradition. Everyone's yeah. going to do that. Yeah. Uh, but, but I learned to be true to myself in the process, no matter what people think it's my art. And um, I would say uh, don't hesitate to move forward with something, whether you know what you're doing or not, because you're always learning. And it's true in your profession. It's true in everything everybody's just at different stages of learning in their life. Yeah, definitely. I, I love that. Everybody's in a different stage. Um, so actually, I'm going to ask you this question. What stage are you in? <laughs> it's still really remedial for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you know, I feel like in, in some areas, I, I've come a long way in my life. Uh, when I look at the business world and all that I know nowadays, uh, and over a, you know, 20 something year career, I won't say how many years, because I'm sure I look really young for my age. But um, I'm always learning. I, I think I know a lot of things and you learn throughout doing something. It's all repetition. People talk about putting in 10,000 hours to yeah. become an expert in something. I think 
even after your 10,000 and first hour, yeah. you're still learning. Yeah. And th there's still things you can master and get better at. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm still a, a, an infant on this journey uh, in my creative life, in my business life. Uh, there's a lot I can bring to a discussion, but everyone I talk to, I learn something from. And, and so I, I always feel like learning is, is something you do every day of your life. It never stops and you never become an expert. I've got in, in real estate, I far surpassed that 10,000 hour that's supposed to make me an expert. Right. And yet every day I learn something new. And I find I sat today with, we have our interns in for the summer at Farbman, and they're so uh, wide-eyed and full of smiles and enthusiasm. And just from that, it, you know, it gives me energy because even though there's so much they don't know, mm -hmm. they still have that, that clear vision of no one's told them they can't do everything in the world yet. And so they believe they can. Yeah. And I want to encourage that. So. Yeah, awesome. So so wrapping up here, before I ask my last question, where can people find more info on you, on your books, on Farbman, and anything else that you want to promote? Yeah, so uh, the website for Farbman is farbman.com, F-A-R-B-M-A-N.com. Uh, my main website for my publishing is gutcheckpublishing.com. G-U-T-C-H-E-C-K, publishing, all one word, dot com. And then uh, I'm on a variety of sites. My SoundCloud is Drew Gut, D-R-E-W-G-U-T. Um, my uh, Twitter, my uh, Facebook are Creative Andy G. Uh, and my Instagram is Drew Gutman. And so you can find me in a number of places. But if you go to gutcheckpublishing.com, you can find everything that you need to. It'll give you all those other sites. Um, and, you know, the best place to get me from early in the morning till late at night is at the Farbman Group. Uh, and it truly has been uh, one of the, the greatest companies that I've ever had the pleasure of working for. So. Awesome. Um, so last question here. I asked this to all my guests. The entire premise of this show is to highlight the people who are really creating an impact, not just on you know their local community, but for the greater state of Michigan. So Andy, what would you say is the impact that you want to create for the ecosystem? Wow, that is it. You've got some really great deep <laughs> questions. That's, uh, that is really deep. I think, you know, for, for Michigan in general, I'm a big believer in the state and so are all of us at Farben. You know, we, we've expanded throughout the Midwest over the last couple of decades, uh, but our home is here in Michigan and our heart is here in Michigan. Mm. And so one of the things that we've been doing a lot of lately uh, is, is encouraging people to come see us here in Michigan. We went through our hard times during the Detroit bankruptcy, uh, during the Great Recession. Michigan is rebounding fantastically. And I like to bring that to other states right now. Uh, Andy Farbman and I are both huge, uh, you know, cheerleaders for the state. And so what we've been spending a lot of time doing is talking to people that we go see in Chicago and in Columbus and in Milwaukee and saying, you know, it's great that you have a, a really good primary business here in your state, in your city. Uh, come on down and see us in Michigan or up or around, depending on where we are on the map. Uh, because there's so much going on. And we've been doing, uh, it used to be, I always tell the story, when we went to Chicago first about 12 years ago, if we were from Detroit and we told people that, they pretty much wanted to, you know, uh, take a look and make sure we weren't packing heat. And that was, <laughs> that was like the big thing. You're from Detroit. Are you carrying? And um, it was just such a bad 
conception of who we mm-hmm. are. We are a world-class city and a world-class economy. And so it went from that a decade plus ago to nowadays people are like, you're from Detroit. I hear it's really become a cool city. And, uh, you know, can we ever get out there? If we show up, will you come take us on tour? So we're touring people all the time. Yeah. And we're encouraging them. We're like, why don't you dip a toe in the water here, take a small office, and realize, you know, the cost to do business here is less than in most other areas. Mm-hmm. The talent pool is deep. Um, we have so much, so many natural amenities throughout the state of Michigan. And the city of Detroit rivals any great city across the U.S. And we owe a debt of gratitude to all those icons who have done that, you know, whether it's Bert Farbman, Dan Gilbert, the Illiches. Uh, and every little developer that's taken their part in it, um, you know, our part in, in being a part of it is making sure people know wherever we go, uh, Michigan is our home and our heart, and uh, we want them to come visit us here, put down roots here, because they'll see how great it is. It couldn't be as deep of an answer as your <laughs> question was, um, but I really enjoy your questions a lot. It's you're a great interviewer. I'm thank you. I'm, I'm flattered. <laughs> um, uh, but with that, Andy, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. It's an honor. All right, everyone. That was Andy Gutman, president of the Farman Group and songwriter slash author of four children's books. Now, I don't have any kids, but I certainly think there's something to learn from taking one's creativity as far as they can take it, especially for their own kids. Whether it's a song, a book, a podcast, or whatever, I think more people in general should create. I'll include the links to his books and website in the show notes. All right, talk to you next time.